0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of Pioneer Pigskin, your weekly recap for all the football that has gone down in the state of Utah. I'm your host, Eric Jensen, joined today by my brilliant co-host and great friend, Austin Fazer. How are you doing, Austin?
1: Emphasis on brilliant. Yeah, uh, I'm doing great. Appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Good to be yeah. here for another week of, of fast-paced action here in yes. the city.
0: Yeah, it was, was a great time. Also joining us, uh, technological wizard and wonder kid broadcasting wonder kid, current women's play by playboys, uh, for basketball at the Utah State University. That would be Ajay Salvinson joining the program. Ajay, how are you doing, my friend?
2: Good, I don't think I've ever got an intro like that. That's uh, need to record that and paste it to all my other intros that I get. Yeah, yeah, you should no, make a I...
1: ringtone. Or your your incoming voicemail.
2: Look, I I love Eric. I don't know if I want his voice every phone call I get because I get a lot of them. But uh...
0: yeah, you probably you probably don't <laughs> want to like... hear my voice that much. Oh.
2: <laughs> my voicemail greeting. <laughs> yes,
0: CBS Sports is up. Let's just get into the action here this week. Obviously, the wagon wheel stays in Provo for the first time in the you know for really the last time in the foreseeable future. We now move on to an era where Utah State and BYU do not play each other for a little while, and it's just a shame. Uh, that's my stance on it. Just a shame that this this rivalry doesn't keep renewing. Uh, Ajay, as the closest person to the Utah State Athletics Department here, do you, over under like 10 and a half years, will see this return?
1: Nothing
0: huge no yeah that is a huge yeah. number
1: yeah
2: I yeah i mean 10 and a half years is a long time man. and and really that that's hard to predict because there's a lot that can happen in 10 and a half years i mean we see all this conference realignment chaos that that's going on and um I, I think that there's a lot more to come and i think there's a lot more that could affect the mountain west in a, in a lot of different ways uh 10 and a half years all you spot on it's a big number um and in saying that and as I already mentioned the conference realignment, I I'd have to take the under.
1: Okay. We'll, yeah, we'll maybe be lucky that. if we still have a planet in ten and a half years. So we'll 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 see what, what the universe looks like then. So. that's also
0: <laughs> fair. That's also a fair statement from uh, from my friend Austin. So let's get into this game. Uh, this is, I would describe this as the rare game where both fan bases leave feeling angry and disappointed at their teams. Because, on the one hand, you had Utah State who dominate the first half, end up kind of getting blown out in the second half, just totally dominated. They only end up putting up nine points in the second half while BYU romps them with 21. And on the other side, you have BYU who don't really handle their business in the first half make adjustments and also have massive special teams problems. It feels like absolutely no one came away from this game happy. And that, that kind of makes me happy that just that everyone is pissed off at this game. Would, would you agree with that assessment, Austin?
1: Yeah, I would. I think, you know, obviously if you're BYU, the, the, there's some question marks and some, some real issues surrounding the way the team plays that, Got worse over this last game. I think you know, coming into this game, there are already a lot of there was a lot of talk about you know, Jake Oldroyd's inefficiencies at the kicker position. And after he misses kicks of 33 and 35 yards uh, in this game, I think those concerns become even more exacerbated. The, those are very makeable kicks. Um, at that level, it's a little bit unexcusable uh, to to miss two of them in the same game. They're lucky they weren't very consequential. Um, for me, I think that's the biggest area of concern for BYU. In addition to their, you know, other inefficiencies on on defense. Um, if you're Utah State, though, I think I'm going to disagree with you slightly. I think they can come away feeling a little bit better, knowing they don't have the, the the quarterback controversy of sorts is a little bit resolved. I think they they certainly looked a lot better with Cooper Lega under center. Um, he got stats that I, I don't think Logan Bonner would have been um, capable of putting up at this point in the year. Um, so I think they can feel better moving into the second half of their season. Um, maybe a little bit, you know, better suited to win at the quarterback position. I think I think those are the takeaways for each team.
0: Yeah. What do you think, Ajay, about that? Because I, I don't know, as someone who follows Utah State very closely and considers themselves a little bit of a closeted Aggies fan, like I, I came away – Definitely positive signs. The offense looks more dynamic with Cooper Legas as the quarterback. Him being able to run just opens up a run game for Calvin Tyler. Calvin Tyler had a huge game in this one, it felt like. But it also felt like they didn't utilize him enough somehow. Uh, d- do those concerns kind of ring true to you as well? Or or, or what, what was your kind of general feel on Utah State in this one?
2: um I was I was thrilled about being tied at seventeen and a half. Like when you go to Provo with a with a kid who had never started a college football game in his life, and you're tied at seventeen and a half, despite you throwing a pick six and having a fumble in the red zone, you know, against a team like that in a hostile environment like that, I was I was really impressed with the Aggies in the first half. Now. I know, and I'm actually with Austin, um, yeah, yeah. BYU is BYU. They're going to flex their muscle. They've got a lot of great talent, a lot of great athletes led by Jaron Hall, who's a phenomenal quarterback, and they did what they were supposed to do in the second half, right? Um, shut, You know, shut the Aggies down. Ben, don't break defense. And offensively, go score points. Go have uh, good, sustaining drives. They obviously, you know, got the benefit on one when a ball went through on, on a third nine. A ball went through on one uh, through one guy's hands and end up in Gunnar Romney's hands. And that's just kind of how the game really took a huge turn, ended up being a touchdown, I believe. Uh, and, and things kind of went south there for Utah State. But in the long run, I thought Utah State, uh, there is disappointment in losing to BYU, I get it. But against the 19th ranked team, who is going to be pretty darn good, and I think you're going to see BYU flex their muscle more and more as they go on through the season. Uh, I was impressed with the Aggies, and I think they have a lot of positivity to build off of. As you get ready for the Air Force Falcons next Saturday night, you're in uh, inside Maverick Stadium.
0: Yeah, some of the play calling in the second half, you was a little bit questionable to me. That 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 part kind of stood out to me. But it th- there are definitely positive signs going forward here. I'm just of the opinion that I need to see more. And, and more consistently from this Aggie team because they've had these moments, these flashes throughout, but they still haven't played a complete game. Penalties, whether it's coming from the coaching staff or the players, are are still a, a very real issue for this team. They feel slightly unhinged and undisciplined at, at points. Um, it just feels like kind of a personality of the team. Um, but – I, I'm willing to give it a little bit of time. Cooper Lega, you could see why they were kind of hesitant to give it to the job to him as well. really struggled with accuracy sixty one percent, but nineteen for thirty one. That's just not great. And he still ended up throwing two picks. I know one of them wasn't was kind of a desperation heave at the end, but still but, there, there, there are things but, to work on was a
2: tip pass, right. The other pick right. ends up being tipped in, you know, ends up being picked off and going back for a touchdown, like, I mean, that, I mean, those things are going to happen. I mean, it's, it's hard to be a perfect quarterback unless your name is Tom Brady, um, but I, it's really hard to be perfect, and so uh, I, I think in the end, I mean, people can be nitpicky about Cooper Lagone his first start in a Division one football game, but, uh, I mean, in the long run, I thought he was all right. I, you know, the play calling was a little bit confusing at times, I think in the second half, especially, um, for a lot of Aggie fans, um, trying to establish a run game because you can't be one-dimensional against BYU. If you are, they'll eat you alive. They're, and I think when the Aggies had to get one-dimensional, whether it was in the passing game or even just trying to to, to establish a running game, um, it happens. And uh, I, I really, I have confidence that the Aggies can make adjustments, that Coach Tucker and his staff, or see me play, play Anderson and Coach Tucker and the rest of the staff will make adjustments offensively and be ready to go next week.
0: Yeah, big game against
2: Air Force. Huge game. Massive They're,
0: game. Yeah, yeah, pretty much decides you know, whether the team has any shot in the Mountain West. And and, and quite frankly, we've talked about this, RJ, in the bowl game conversation. Uh, they, they've really have to win that game because they have a tough road trip between Colorado State and Wyoming. Both those games are losable. And then you have to deal with New Mexico and Wyoming and Boise and these teams that can give you fits at the end of the year. So, and you only have one win and you need five more and there just aren't that many games left at this point. We're almost halfway through the season. So yes, huge game against air force. One last thing for BYU that I will nitpick. I don't know if ESPN is up for either one of you guys. This, they are really good at tracking the stack. The Fox Sports and CBS do not. But BYU only had one sack in this game again. This is something I've tracked very closely over every single BYU game this year. That feels criminal. Alfred Edwards, the starting tackle for the Aggies, didn't even play in this game. And they only got one sack on the day. Like, I I am concerned about that for, for BYU moving forward. It just seems like they're not really talented defensively and and they're gonna need to be if they move into the big 12
1: yeah a team that's moving into the big 12 should get a lot more pressure on what looks like maybe a not great mountain west team so yeah they they, they could they could definitely improve in that area for sure
0: yeah you know, i i thought jaron hall looked Amazing, how do you look in person? Ajay, this is one of the games that you know I was a little bit jealous I I wasn't able to be there in the booth because he just seems like uh, he is just a guy I'm like every single week I'm just falling more and more in love with as a fan of really great quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, he I mean, I think that's a better question for Austin, um, uh, because I honestly don't watch a lot of BYU for various reasons. But uh, I mean, just from the opposing side, I, I thought he looked good. I he has great accuracy. He's really good on the run, makes good quick decisions. Uh, puts it where he needs to. Um, yeah, he's he's an impressive uh, quarterback. You know, you got uh, you know, him and uh, I think uh Cam Rising out there dealing it out as two of the best quarterbacks in um in the state, obviously. And I think Cam Rising has an argument to be one of the better quarterbacks in his conference as well. But I think Austin, you know, when you look at Jaron Hall, he's got all the He's got all the recipe and all the ingredients to be um, to lead this team through a really hefty schedule. Of you know, he still got Notre Dame, you got Oregon, or I guess he already played Oregon, but you got Notre Dame, you got Arkansas, who looks really good. They took Bama to the wire, um, so I, I think Jaren Hall is going to be tested here in the next couple of weeks, next few weeks.
1: Yeah, awesome. yeah. No, I think I think to play the game he did, you know, without Puka Nakua um, was pretty impressive. Um, you know, and if just looking at his game log, depending on you know which stat you give more weight to. You could argue it was it was possibly the second best game of the year. Um, I think his performance uh, the week before against Wyoming is going to be hard to top. Um, but yeah, going 17 for 27 for uh, 274 yards um, and three TDs with no interceptions is is a fantastic outing. Um, looks like his he's his line is keeping him pretty clean. Um, he's only been sacked seven times on the year. Um, but to 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 throw for over two hundred and fifty yards every game—that's that's really solid, dependable production. And uh, he's right. Yeah, I think Aj is exactly right. He's he's the engine that that uh gets BYU going, the motor that moves BYU. I guess you could say. I don't. Know. I'm trying to think of a cool way to say that. <laughs> but uh, but um, you know, I um I I think he right now he's he has an argument as the the best player in the state right now. And when you when we look at all the teams collectively. Although I I did think rising had a really nice game and I would love to get into my thoughts on that as well. Yeah.
0: Let's transition. Cam rising a good day. 19 for 25, nothing crazy yardage wise, 199, three touchdowns. Uh, This was a game that to me, Austin felt really, really weird. I mean, it, it, felt sloppy and kind of disjointed in the first half but yet you look up at the end of the game and here's utah again with another dominating win what did you like the most about rising's performance
1: uh from utah i mean it starts and ends with clark phillips you know three interceptions is huge he he just seems to have like a really nice feel for for routes um he you know his timing is impeccable um i think to me this is the game where you know he went from a guy who I think a lot of people talked about him as being a borderline first round talent in the NFL draft to, I think he put enough on tape. Now that it's going to, it's going to be hard to keep him off the, the podium there with Goodell uh, on the first day of the draft. I, I think to me, this is where he, he really, he really showed that he's, he's a top tier talent, potential all American for Utah. Um, but, you know, getting back to my point on rising, you know, I th- I thought this looked like one of his more even performances of the year in terms of distributing the ball to, to a wider, you know, range of uh, receivers and, and tight ends. And I, I kind of expected that to tell you the truth. I thought when they announced that, that Keithy would be gone for, you know, an extended amount of time that that would force rising to take looks at other guys. And I, I think that's exactly what happened. I, and I think not to say, I think Utah is going to benefit from Keithy's industry injury, but I think the fact that, you know, he's unavailable, he's not going to be Rising's first look every time is going to stretch him to where he's looking at other guys to get, get them involved. And that might pay off big time in the long run. Um, and I, th- I think that's something we saw today. I think, I think it's great to see Devon Vale get seven catches. Um, that's way like, I, I think his previous high for the season was like four or five. So to get him a couple extra touches uh, pays off in a big way. You know, he, he was close to a hundred yards receiving and reeled in a touchdown as well. And I, I thought that was I thought that was a, a great adjustment they did you, you know in the wake of losing their their number one uh, option on the, through the air. It is interesting that you say he spread the
0: ball out more because when you look at it, he kind of didn't Austin like he kind of locked in on Devon Vele, and you wonder if maybe that he's just like you know Kyle Whittingham. He's moving him. moving his. What was what? that?
1: No, sorry. Kyle Whittingham just
0: has just just hyped him up all off season and you wonder now, okay, your first biggest weapon's gone. Maybe Devon Bailey was the second biggest weapon on this team the whole time, because I get it. He threw the ball to more people and that's a totally fair argument, but I mean, Devon Bailey gets eight targets and the next closest guy on the team gets four. And like Devon Bailey gets 94 yards. And the next uh, I closest think guy, should, I think
1: that should be right. I think that's right where it should be though.
0: Right. Right, I I I would agree, but I mean, I'll be interested to see how this how things spread out a little bit, as well. Ajay, I don't know if you got a chance to watch this game or not, but any takeaways from you here on this one?
2: <laughs> Youth look good. I mean, like I don't know how Kyle Whittingham does it year after year. Like he doesn't rebuild, he reloads. You know, it's like the San Diego State and the Mount West Conference basketball, and I, I hate to do that to Utah U fans, is comparing. Pac-12 football team, doing basketball team. I know it's like illegal in 50 states. They're but, like the, they're the
1: Russian hockey team, the, the <laughs> Olympic Russian hockey team. We'll say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they look great. They really do. And, I, oh, my gosh, it's just impressive to watch them play. The, the the defense always is physical. The offense, you know, when they're in rhythm, just turns like butter. It's incredible. Uh, they've really impressed me. But I, I've got to ask you guys this question because I've been dying to know from biased football fans of both BYU and Utah, if you have three guys and you can only take one of them to be on your team and lead you, are you taking Jaron Hall, uh, Cam Rising, or uh, Clark out of the three? Because those seem like they're the three top players in the state of Utah, bar none, twice on Sunday, nobody better. Three guys, who are you guys taking? I want to know who you guys think is the better player.
1: Well, I think the best like unit of any team in the state right now is Utah's defense. So I would I would just take the leader of the best unit in the team. I think Utah's defense is 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 elite when you look at it on a national scale. And I so I think there's a really strong argument. You could say that Clark Phillips is probably the most impactful player in the state right now.
0: Yeah, but the thing on Utah is like you say leader and like this is not this is going to sound like a shot at Clark Phillips, but it's not. He's not really the leader of that defense. This is a Cole Bishop-led defense. Like, Cole Bishop is the one calling the shots right now from everything I've heard from analysts talking about this team defensively. And they've got just so much talent spread across on defense that Clark Phillips can is no doubt the most talented player in the state of Utah. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. I think the cornerback position is harder than the quarterback position. When you go positional value, I give quarterback the slight edge, but cornerback's right there at number two. And I think that as a corner, Clark Phillips could easily shut down Jaron Hall and Cam Rising. But as like a leader, as someone who's going to orchestrate A side of the ball I'd take Jaron Hall just because I think he has tremendous control of BYU's offense right now but but that's just me and and that's not to say Clark Phillips isn't a great leader I just think that Jaron Hall has more to do with his team's overall success whereas Utah's defense is a team effort they have they've got ballers at literally every single level of that defense like if they I guess I would pose it this way to Austin like would you feel significantly worse about Utah's defense if Clark Phillips were to miss a game or two? I wouldn't. Like I I feel like they'd figure out a way through like Travis Broughton has been very, very good this year as well. Like teams have not
1: generally thrown on this Utah team this year. It's an interesting question because it just it gives me like these almost nightmaric flashbacks to the Rose Bowl when you know they did have to play down at quarterback, and I I think they suffered. So, you know, imagining a scenario where where Clark Phillips you know isn't on that team kind of like puts my teeth on edge. Um, but it, yeah, no, it is interesting. It, it is it is interesting to think, and I I think Phillips certainly does benefit from the the whole strength of that unit. I I think that's that's a pretty pretty uh, sound point you made there. Um, I mean, so I guess my answer would be is, I don't know.
0: Yeah, this is a good question to close on. Who has between offense and defense, all combined? If you gun to your head right now, all three of us, who is the best unit in the state right now? i'll I'll let you go first, Staje.
2: Uh, Utah's defense. I'm still with Austin, like that defense is about as good as you can imagine. and uh, what they did to Oregon State just shut I mean, and then that's not a bad Oregon State team. like let's get something very clear here. People think Oregon State they think back to the last you know four or five years before, or whatever. That's a really good beaver team and Utah State made them look minimal at best. Uh, I was I've always been impressed with the Utes defense. Nothing has changed this year. I still think uh, they are the best unit in the state of Utah as of right now. Yeah I'm I'm
1: doubling down on that. I, I think Utah's defense is 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 top tier. Um, and it's they it's going to be really fun to see what their impact is in the next couple of games. You know they're playing UCLA who's put po- points on the board all year. Um, I believe the game after that is the, is the USC
2: at home, isn't the,
1: it? Yeah, yeah, the one that we've had uh, circled uh, for a while. Yeah, U- USC at home and you know their their propensity to score uh, through the air has been well documented this year. So um, I, again, I'm, I'm doubling down on that. I think Utah's defense is, is the best group in the state and, uh, they, they're going to have every opportunity to shine the next couple weeks.
2: Can yeah. I ask you guys quickly started to interrupt you, Eric? I got to ask uh, you guys do the the legit studying on the Utes. Yeah. As, as Austin mentioned you, UCLA. I,
0: I, I don't hold hold on. I don't think I, I would not define what I do as legit studying. Would you <laughs> Austin? <laughs>
1: you, you guys. You guys uh, I would say like, uh, glances I'd, I'd give it a glance every
2: now and, <laughs> and then yeah a lot more than put it that way about the youth football team but again they're at ucla who's coming in with an eight game winning streak dating back to last year then they then they get a very good usc team led by lincoln riley and, a, and reloaded a much better usc trojan football team than they've had the last few years back-to-back games one on the road one at home how do they come out of that uh that gauntlet
0: I think it's a three-game stretch, RJ. I think the week yeah. after USC is also big. By week in Pullman, Washington State. Mm. That, to me, on a Thursday night. That, to me, that's the trap game. I think they could show sure up week. and have... Yeah, that'll, that'll hurt. I think they could show up and have... Well, they'll be coming off a bye. That's the only argument against trap game. But, to me, UCLA... USC they'll come ready to play they'll bring their a game but if you slip up against this Washington State team they are very very dangerous and very very good I personally think they're going to lose one of the next three that's just the way I feel about it and I I, I honestly the more I watch Oregon and I'll I'll be interested to see them play tonight because they have the super late game and I'll be I'll be tuning into that I think that Oregon game there's Utah should not enter that game as a favorite because this is an Oregon team that got embarrassed by Utah twice last year. And it's mainly the same roster. They do not want to get embarrassed again. And that's that's the game to me that Oregon is circling from like August on. Like that's the game of their season. And Oregon in Eugene is going to be playing their absolute best. So I, I I do think like for as good as they are, I really do think there's two losses in this Pac-12 schedule.
1: I do. I think so, too. And I, I think you could also say that Oregon's better at some key positions as well than they were. And much better at quarterbacks, certainly, than they were last year. So, yeah, I th- I think it would be a big mistake to assume it's the same Oregon team from last year, because I, I don't think it is. I think they're much improved.
0: Yeah. I, I'm afraid of UCLA next week. What they did on Friday night to Washington – at home, like I, I'm afraid that that gave the program juice, and that people are going to show out for that Utah game, and that it's going to be a very hostile environment. And let's be honest, like the first half, Utah was not perfect today. I think you are going to have to play perfect to beat UCLA and USC. I, I don't think UCLA and USC are going to beat themselves like the way Oregon did today. Oregon threw three interceptions. I. I don't see Dorian Thompson Robinson, who has put up a tremendous PAC 12 career and is playing his best football right now, or Caleb Williams doing that. I I, I think you're getting your, your best game from both, both these games. It's, it's going to be, you know, a really tough stretch, but two also very entertaining games as well.
1: Let's get you right. out of here.
0: Yeah. Let's get out of here. Any, uh, any, uh, any closing thoughts, anything on the mountain West Ajay? but, that's catching your eye these days. That that you might be interested in next week. That's not Utah State related.
2: Oh, well, it's. I mean, it's it's got to be a big bounce back week for a lot of teams uh, that's struggling. You know, Boise State did look, you know, uh, did did look good last night, or I guess the other night. And um, Fresno State obviously lost bad today in a game that they probably shouldn't have lost. But you see the value that Jake Hayner has on a football team, and uh, so that's a mess. And so for a lot of teams, they're looking for a bounce back week uh and it could be interesting to see what teams find themselves behind the eight ball here in the early onset of mount west conference play which is really as as much as all the mount west conference is having one of its lower years than i've seen in a while so um hoping for some great games next week in, in inside the mount west but we'll see
0: The one game to me if it sticks out is Friday night eight thirty UNLV San Jose State. That's a game where UNLV won today. If you want to be taken seriously, you can basically wrap up that division if you beat San Jose State. Yeah, like, absolutely. like you need if you come out and you stomp San Jose State, I will take them very seriously as a threat to win this whole conference because they look very very good this year. Yeah, so. I uh, Austin, anything catching your eye next week in the world of the Pac-12 of college football? Anything tonight that you're going to be keeping an eye
2: on?
1: No, I just think it's going to be interesting to watch that uh, BYU-Notre Dame game in Vegas. Um, I know oh, it's yeah. not Pac-12, well, but um, you know, I think it's too bad for BYU that Notre Dame you know, has been playing nearly as well as you know, I'm sure they would like. Otherwise, that game would be on a larger scale. But um, the fact that both those teams sold out, um Allegiant Stadium in, in Las Vegas just says it was it was a great scheduling move for for both teams. They both travel really well. I'm sure it'll be an incredible atmosphere. Um, you know, hopefully those two fan bases can comport well with each other in, in the same stadium and with a little bit of alcohol consumption involved on one side, I would think. Um hopefully that you know they can behave and be civil. But um, you know, I, I think that I think that was a really smart scheduling play. And um, if I have the mean, if I had the means, I would, I would love to go. I think that would be a really fun atmosphere to be at for that, for that matchup. Yeah, I have a buddy
0: who went to Notre Dame that's going to that uh, next week, so I, I know he's very excited about it. One thing I know, Notre Dame has not been good this year, but like they are coming off a bye. That mm-hmm. that's the one thing that might give me a little bit of pause. Like Utah State's coming off a really emotional, really high stakes game in state against utah state and notre dame's you know they're coming off a of bye. you and and byu's gonna be ready but so is notre dame so that that should be an interesting one to catch up on all right boys well thanks so much for joining me this has been you know a lot of fun and uh we should do this again at some point later in in the year and, and get you back on ajay so thank you so much for joining me ajay is there anything you would like to plug anything you'd like to you know shout out before we get out of here
2: hey eric's the best producer if you guys want to see eric's work <laughs> listen to our utah state aggie football games that guy can walk your, your dog and do the dishes all at once knowing Barely. what he, does. so Barely. eric look i'm sure every every you know i suck at my job game in the That's state is good. nobody has a producer like eric jansen so we uh, we appreciate all his great work
0: uh thanks auger <laughs> I really don't need that, but it's right. it's
2: the
1: most unappreciated job in sports media. As oh, my, oh my god! all oh my game. God. Eric's very good at it.
0: Well, it's okay. Don't 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 you worry about it. I have a lot of fun.
1: Beats beats digging ditches. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> all right. It, it barely pays better though. That's the sad thing. Yeah, barely pays. <laughs> that is true. But
0: uh, we will see you all next time. Peace out. Enjoy the rest of. Go Weekend.